0: That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. As we all know, there is a downside to freedom of speech. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. In America, you have a right to be stupid. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. This is America. And in America, if something sucks, you're supposed to be able to get your money back. Right on the radio. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Right
0: <laughs> oh, hi. Greetings, kids. 713-212-5950. The National Park Service wants to return grizzly bears to Washington State. Now, when I heard that, my I, I first heard they were returning grizzly bears to Washington. My first thought was, yes, Washington, D.C. How much money can I pay to invest in having grizzly bears sent to Washington, D.C. to run through the hallways of the nation's capital. turns out that's not what they meant. They meant Washington state. The bears are expected to feed on fish and deer. And I got to assume probably also the dumb hipsters who try to post for selfies with them. Don't try to take pictures with bears kids or they'll kill you. If you're just joining us in the last hour, my guest was state representative Briscoe Kane. Briscoe just filed some interesting bills in this, you know, today was the day to file your bills for the upcoming legislative session in the state of Texas, and he had a couple interesting ones. One of them was about having a statewide holiday for pro-life advocates, and I, I thought that was a nice idea. Another one was allowing pregnant women to drive in the HOV lane, you know, because it's two people and you're pregnant. Why, why not let the pregnant ladies drive in HOV, even if they don't have technically have another passenger in the car? If they're pregnant, technically they do, right? But the other thing we were talking about in the last segment was Ukraine and Russia and all the money we've sent them, over $60 billion, and we're about to send even more. Really frustrating. I've spent a lot of time reading about Ukraine over the past couple days because there's a lot happening there. And Bonnie Christian has a report today that details how, whether you like it or not, when you look at things like accountability and diplomacy, we're not leaving that war anytime soon. That proxy war, this could become a forever proxy war, much like Iraq or Afghanistan We ain't going home anytime soon. Russia's invasion of Ukraine was supposed to be quick, wasn't it? You remember back at the beginning of the year? It would take a few weeks, maybe even mere days for forces from Moscow to sweep into Kyiv. But Ukraine's self-defense soon upset those expectations. We are nine months into this conflict. Do you think we would be nine months into this conflict if the United States wasn't writing these checks? Obviously not. The American military and the financial aid to Ukraine, it's an open-ended commitment. It will never end. Even with Russia retreating from some of these cities like Harrison City and other areas of Ukraine, we keep sending money, we keep sending guns. For for the foreseeable future, it doesn't look like this is going to stop any anytime soon. Let's go Brandon has already put some limits on what that commitment will entail. He claims, he said, so long as the United States... So long as the United States or our allies are not attacked, he said, we will not be directly engaged in conflict. We'll just pay for the war. Oh, that's reassuring. You know, interestingly enough, even General Milley, the head of the Pentagon, not my favorite guy. You've heard us criticize him many times on our morning show and our afternoon show. Even he says our aid to Ukraine needs to end at some point. But Joe doesn't agree. Joe is saying maybe some constraints could be put in place. Those constraints are welcome, but they aren't enough to keep America from repeating foreign policy mistakes of the past. If our relationship with Ukraine is to continue, we need transparency. We need to know how we're spending money. Wouldn't you love to know? I mean, you're writing them paychecks. You're, a big chunk of your paycheck, of your tax money, is being sent right now to fund a never ending war in Europe. You were frustrated when it was the Mideast. Now it's Europe, a place that actually matters. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But on the first count, we we already have a model for the type of documentation needed. Senator Rand Paul back in May proposed, he said, you know, wouldn't it just be nice to know what we're doing? American humanitarian and military aid to Ukraine should be supervised by an inspector general, much like the special inspector general for the Afghanistan reconstruction. That was called the Seeger office. Special Inspection General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. And that office was formed in 2008. And even with that office, it didn't solve the problem there, did it? And what they were supposed to do was audit the reconstruction worth in Afghanistan by investigating fraud, waste, abuse, of which there was quite a bit of it. If you could imagine, it's actually the situation in Ukraine is actually worse than it was in Afghanistan. Well, that's what we're seeing right now. Their work did not always lead to accountability, obviously. The Washington Post's Afghanistan papers, which were published in 2019, revealed just how often senior U.S. officials failed to tell the truth about the war in Afghanistan throughout the 18 years we spent there. They made some very rosy pronouncements that they knew were false. They hid a lot of unmistakable evidence that the war was unwinnable. That's an exact quote from them, by the way. Still, those papers, at least they were something. At least we had documents to have some vague idea of what was happening. We don't have that in Ukraine. If there's going to be diplomacy between Kiev and Moscow, between Ukraine and Russia, facilitating that is a less straightforward task. Both Putin's regime and Zelensky's regime have made clear their complete disinterest in negotiations. They don't want the war to end. Why wouldn't they? Why would they? Putin wants to get something out of this, right? He wants land. That was the point of investing all this time and money and Russian blood, right? People died. But similarly, Zelensky doesn't want this to end because it's made him one of the most famous people in the world. He went from being a local TV star to an international sensation. So they're not interested, and that disinterest will continue as long as each government can map a plausible path to military victory. As long as they could convince themselves, well, if we just do this, this, and this, we're going to win. You know, it might be nice to think of a situation where the Russian military is in full retreat, but that's not going to happen. War conditions change, right? What what we thought was going to happen with this war back in, you know, February versus now, it's very different. And sometimes those changes happen very suddenly. Either of the two sides may come to see the merits of a deal which secures peace, if not total triumph. Diplomacy isn't wanted right now, but one day, hopefully soon, it will be. Washington could use its diplomatic infrastructure, its influence, its communication with both sides to prepare for that moment, but they're not. If they were to prepare, that preparation could be linked to the third and most difficult project at hand which is considering at least internally if not publicly what would count as m- how the war would end right what 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 mission would it entail what strategic geographic or chronological boundaries won't we cross for example if russia uses a tactical nuclear weapon in ukraine is that the red line and how we have to get involved in short how will we keep ukraine from becoming a forever proxy war and ensure an American president isn't still signing quarterly aid packages to Kiev in 2045, because that seems to be exactly what's happening.
1: We're not passive aggressive like some people we know. This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness.
0: A new report claims drinking coffee reduces your risk of dementia. In other news, Joe Biden has never had coffee before. That explains it. That explains it all, my friends. Somebody give that boy a cup of coffee for crying out loud. In other financial news today, are you familiar with Waymo? Do you know what Waymo is? W-A-Y-M-O. It's a, a robot taxi service, and it just launched in Phoenix. Let me put that in different terms. In Maricopa County where the voting machines don't work they want to have driving machines that take your driverless taxis what could possibly go wrong i don't know what could go wrong
1: welcome to the waymo robo taxi you're locked in where would you like
0: to go uh yeah take me to the walmart by my house Got it. heading to the waffle house no. no, 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 that's not right. Turning right. No, this is a one-way street. You're going the wrong way.
1: Proceeding to the route. Wait, watch out for the orange construction cones! Stopping for an orange ice cream cone. Stop! Let me out! This is horrible! I'm a total wreck! Got it. Total the car in a wreck. No. No.
0: Speaking of Maricopa County, can you believe they still don't know who their governor is? According to the Goog, so, you know grain of salt on this one, but they say, well, I guess, what is this, the Associated Press? 93% of the votes have been tallied, and it's it's like 30,000 votes difference here between Kerry Lake and Katie Hobbs. Embarrassing. Just embarrassing. Carrie Lake's path to victory, it could still happen. But the real question here is, why is this taking so long? Third world countries don't take this long. There should be a federal bill that says that You can't send a mail-in ballot after a certain point. No more of this showing up in the 11th hour with an extra box of ballots that just so happens to swing the election one way or the other. Arizona was not one of the worst states for COVID, or COVID government response, that is to say. Um, But you know who was? Michigan. Michigan was a horrible state for their COVID lockdowns. In Michigan, you couldn't go to Walmart and buy seeds. Do you remember that? They said, no, 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 no. We can't have people come into the Walmart to buy seeds for their garden. You can only buy food. Okay, but like, don't some people grow food? You couldn't set up a vegetable garden in your garage in the dead of winter so you could save money on groceries while your business has been forced to close. Nope, can't do that. No. Oh. It feels kind of corrupt, right? So Michigan, after having the strict, ridiculous COVID lockdowns and rules and regulations and mask mandates and Zoom calls and closing the public schools and requiring your toddler to get a vaccine, all the things they tried to do in that state or things that they did do in that state, amazingly, Democrats won every election last week. How is that possible? How is it possible? You're telling me with that that rat hag of a governor that they have, Gretchen Whitmer, That after what people in that state were forced to go through, they still want her as governor? Yep, she's still governor. Now, actually, fun fact, though, that wasn't the case everywhere. There's a report at Reason.com today that talks about how COVID lockdowns actually helped Nevada get rid of their Democrat governor. Here's that red trickle we've been hearing about. While a national political audience eyeing the razor-thin margin for partisan control of the U.S. Senate is still waiting to figure out... You know, what's going on w- w- with the Democrat and the the Republican challenger in that state, Catherine Cortez Masto, and uh, Republican challenger Adam Laxalt. People who actually live in Nevada have just made a more forthright decision about how their lives were governed during the height of COVID-19. They did not like it. Congratulations, Joe Lombardo, the Republican sheriff of Clark County, has been declared to be the winner of the state's gubernatorial race over the incumbent, the Democrat. Guy campaigned relentlessly against his opponent's draconian pandemic shutdown of casinos and the COVID-related mandates, the mask mandates. The Democrat in charge there, what's his name, Steve Sisolak, he conceded on Friday night. So that's one of the one of the things from over the weekend. You d- you may not have heard yet is that. Republicans now control the governor's office in Nevada. Congratulations to Lombardo. Very exciting news. It doesn't surprise me that this happens. It surprises me that it doesn't happen more. So, I mean, the Democrats shut down Vegas. It may have been the single biggest reason why Nevada went to the right here. Because how many people worked in a casino? How many people in Las Vegas work in the gaming industry, an awful lot, right? They locked it all down. The response to the pandemic was to shutter businesses and force people into bankruptcy. Now, if anti-lockdown policies led to easy re-election victories for governors like Ron DeSantis, for example, or Brian Kemp in Georgia, then you could argue that Sisolak might be the cleanest case of a pro-lockdown incumbent getting scalped. Not only was Nevada's massive hospitality industry infuriated by watching tourists and conferences go to Florida instead of Vegas, where they normally would have been. You know the convention industry is big money, right? A lot of money is made off conventions. Where are the where are the uh where is the HR convention going to be this year? Where will we have the car insurance convention this year? Where will we be having the Stoplight Manufacturers Convention this year. Well, that's big money, right? That's millions of dollars a month, billions of dollars a year. And this year, a lot of it went to Florida instead of going to Vegas. Interestingly enough, in Florida, the people that benefited the most from that, Orlando and Miami, they those are the places that voted for a Democrat. The thing that you benefited off of wouldn't have happened if the people that you voted for had won the state election. But anyway, uh, not only was Nevada's massive hospitality, hospitality industry infuriated by watching all those tourists go to Florida, but the governor also had to contend with a messy pay-to-play to, pay to scandal involving a well-connected but ineffectual COVID testing company. They had a little scandal. The emergence of the North Shore scandal probably cut him, perhaps enough to cost him the race. Even though he did try to distance himself from it, it wasn't good enough they they had a they had a pay-to-play scandal in their state and it probably won't be enough because uh, people are very mad at him it probably won't be enough uh, the, 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 for him distancing himself from it. it's probably not going to be enough for the democrats in that state to make a comeback anytime soon it was a very bad look but nevada like wisconsin georgia and arizona has featured some obvious ticket splitting with voters choosing republicans for a lieutenant governor, state controller, Democrats for attorney general, treasurer, and secretary of state. Generally speaking, the more wedded to 2020 election denialism the Republicans have been, they say the worse they performed in those states. That's how Reason.com is blaming Republicans. But I don't know that that's a fair criticism. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. The people that are the most skeptical about 2020... Didn't always lose in 2022. They didn't. Look how well they did in Florida. But I think the real thing we need to look at here is that anti-lockdown gubernatorial campaigns by Republican challengers against Democrat incumbents didn't work everywhere. They worked in some places, but not everywhere. It didn't work in Michigan. It's, it, it should have. Across the border in Wisconsin, even as Republican Senator Ron Johnson was fending off a Democrat challenger, the incumbent governor, Tony Evers, managed to narrowly hold on to office despite being heavily criticized for how he handled the pandemic. And I don't know if you guys remember this, the Black Lives Matter Kenosha riots that happened in August of 2020. His Republican opponent, T- T- Tim Mickles was a Trump-endorsed questioner of the 2020 election. I don't know if that played a role in it, but that's what some are saying. In New York, we talked about this before. I got to think the only reason Lee Zeldin didn't win is because a lot of the Republicans in that state just moved down to Florida. A lot. The number of Republicans that left Florida in the last two years, that left New York in the last two years to move to Florida, that number is actually greater than the number that Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, won by. Imagine if they'd stayed. I don't know. I don't blame them, though. I think that was the right move. If you live in a state, if you live in a city, it's time to leave, kids. If you live in a place after this election that didn't win, get the hell out of Dodge. Maybe we underestimated voter distaste for the... um, stop the steel controversy. I don't know, maybe maybe we failed to see what motivated the role of abortion politics. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. But in Nevada and a handful of other states, there were referendums available on pandemic policy. And with the exception of Michigan, people did not like the draconian rules.
1: Our doctor told us the pills we took were just a placebo, but he must not know what he's talking about because man, those suckers worked. This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness.
0: Oh, my God. Tur- turn that off. What is that noise? Oh, it's Depeche Mode. <laughs> oh, I thought you were scratching your nails on a chalkboard. A new study shows that humans, just like humans, rats can move their head in time to, s- to a syncopated musical beat. Isn't that incredible? I think rats want us to forget about the bubonic plague and forgive them, but I refuse. Today, by the way, is World Diabetes Day and also one of the last days you'll ever be able to eat a McRib. Let me guess who wins this battle. Yeah, I bet we know. Uh, By the way, happy World Diabetes Day. One of the best ways to prevent diabetes is to avoid things that are way too sugary. So probably don't watch the Hallmark Channel at all this Christmas season. Smart, Smart move, yeah. And one more thing. Today is National Family PJ Day. National Family PJ Day. Like Pajama Day? Okay, then let's put him on and take our red Christmas card photo, replied a spokesman for the American Association of Annoying White People. Do black people do that? Do black people all get the same pajamas and take a photo, or is that just a white person thing? I don't know. I do know this. I'm impressed that Nick Cannon keeps having kids. Nick Cannon had another baby over the weekend. You know, the. Well, didn't he get into trouble for anti-Semitism not long ago? Before Kanye West, before Kyrie Irving, there was Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon said some things about the Jews a couple years back, and I guess they forgave him for it. He apologized and made a comeback. Over the weekend, He, his wife gave birth to Zeppelin Cannon. The mom this time is Abby De La Rosa. They had twins last year, too, so this is baby number 11, and Nick confirmed baby number 12 is on the way. He's going to have another child soon.
1: Super Scud. Hey, what's up? How's it hanging? I think you better slow down on the banging. All these baby mamas hating on the drama when they hear you yell. Who's your dad? Look at you, Mr. Absentee Father. Now you brag, but for you it's always harder. Things are looking grimmer cause you can't control your swimmers. I know what you are, what you are, mister. Swimminator, swimminator,
0: I'm not proud of that parody, but you know, if you're still paying attention and you haven't changed the radio yet, good news, far-left NBC News says the Republican Party will now narrowly win the House of Representatives. According to John Nolte, it's a 219 to 216 margin. If this projection holds, that'll bring a big sigh of relief to the reasonable half of the country. In an otherwise disappointing midterm for the Republicans, what was supposed to be a GOP wave turned out to be anything but and when it was all over democrats actually increased their hold on the all-important u.s senate by one seat it could get worse if this thing in georgia doesn't go well georgia's december runoff between warnock and herschel walker this um, this matters this affects things because no one topped 50 percent in that race the state requires a runoff you get how they do it right a nightmare scenario would give Democrats 52 US Senate seats and control of the House. Now, if Democrats win 52 Senate seats, Democrats will now need the US uh they will need Senator Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Um they will not need them to pass legislation. That would almost certainly mean the end of the filibuster that both Manchin and Cinema refused to kill. They could it could happen. Without the filibuster, the Senate Could pass whatever insanity it chose, including expanding the Supreme Court, socialized medicine, heaven knows what else. And a Democrat-led House would rubber stamp it, all of it, everything. At least with the House under GOP control, there will be a check on the lunacy about to come out of the U.S. Senate. Now, keep in mind that NBC News already blew one House projection three days ago. They predicted the Republican Party would win the House. With a much safer margin of 222 to 212. So until current House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy or whoever is handed that gavel by Nancy Pelosi, nothing is certain. But just grain of salt on that one. Looking more at some of the reactions to last week's, you know, one of the biggest problems Republicans had in these elections came as a result of a very specific voter group single women apparently there are not a lot of single women in the Republican Party Joy Pullman reported on some of these statistics today at federalist.com married men broke Republicans by 20 points married women voted Republican by 14 points unmarried men voted Republican by 7 points unmarried women voted Democrat by a whopping 37 points It is by now well-established that Democrats benefit from increasing women's misery through increased family chaos. That's the flip side of yet another election, showing single women are among the most reliable of Democrat voters. So given that historically the percentages of young Americans are likely to remain single for their entire lives now, more than one-third according to a report today at Federalist.com, this dynamic is accelerating. The phenomenon, partly to the information ages, dramatically increased, I guess, re, re what'd you call this? The the, the the work that doesn't involve hard physical labor, right? Very simply, technological advancements have delivered new opportunities for well-qualified knowledge workers of both sexes, even as the same changes have automated and deindustrialized away from the physically and, and more tedious work previously performed mostly by working-class men. A lot of people are working from computers at home now. This is true. But it does miss something very important here. Like woke institutions, the bureaucracy of work is in large part a product of political choices, not just technological change. That means it could be altered. It's government's policy that force companies to siphon off money for making legitimately useful things. And solving concrete human problems to parasitic forms of knowledge work that are also culturally destructive. These non-productive forms of non-physical and mentally menial work are often grouped under the heading of quote unquote administrative bloat in academia and aren't exclusive to so-called education institutions at all. They're they're now endemic to society. Many so-called knowledge work jobs are anti-productive. That is, they actually destroy productivity rather than aid and improve and refine it. I'm talking about people that sit in meetings all day talking about what other people are doing at work. And not coincidentally, and you're not going to like this, because you're probably wondering what this has to do with single female voters. Women do most of these jobs. They compromise the vast army of woke state clerks, which is to say the Cultural Revolution foot soldiers. It's not a coincidence that women overwhelmingly populate government jobs that replace the social responsibilities women used to fulfill out of love and uh, out of love instead of a government paycheck. This is truly stunning. What is taking place here? You know the average IQ of students by gender ratio it shows you it's very interesting here how men and women occupy different jobs. Women are more likely to go to social work. They're more likely to get into psychology. Whereas physics and astronomy and philosophy and mathematics and engineering and computer science, generally jobs men usually take. The good news is these women would be a lot happier doing something more productive for society than working in highly inefficient government-dominated industries like raising a family or running soup kitchens. Many just don't feel they have that option. We need to do more to make that option available. Part of what that would entail, eliminating jobs that exist to comply with stupid government regulations, but also eliminating those regulations themselves, right? I'm talking about the kind of jobs labeled, quote-unquote, administrative bloat on campuses that are essentially glorified secretary work, relationship managing. I'm not arguing that all knowledge work, such as teaching or publishing uh, or or practice of law is parasitic, but many of these jobs are. Obviously, some knowledge work is societally beneficial. But does every company really need a full complement of lawyers, a full human resources department, a tax compliance officer, and accountants, and all these other variations of government compliance officers just to serve people burgers or fix roofs? Probably not. I don't think so. But government regulations today demand smothering our economy with bureaucracy-descended, make-work jobs that, incidentally, have been lionized by our corporate culture makers as somehow being brave or independence-affirming when women do these jobs. This reality is a massive drag, not only to our economy, but to our culture. The epitome of girl boss. What does she do? Is she a secretary? No, no, no. She's an HR professional. It's no surprise that a woman can cast alone into a cold world seeking security in government when she can't find real life community. She couldn't find anybody to love her, so she got a job at the government. The government loves her now. Where else is she going to go? At least she's not sitting in her mom's basement playing video games, right? There are plenty of things to be said about this situation, but one of them is that. It's a collective social problem that's very difficult for individuals to fix themselves. Ask any young woman about her dating prospects and watch her sigh and express how difficult it is to find a decent man, but odds are she probably spends hundreds of dollars a month on dating websites. She's very likely holding some impracticality, some elevated standard for potential mates, but also not being entirely pie in the sky herself. The good men are getting rarer every day because they fall in love and have babies. Men are a canary in the societal coal mine. Women may be more emotionally fragile, but men more easily and quickly show the strain of a broken family in society. Girls hide their suffering with compliance. Boys, not so much. The boys in our society are obviously hurting. They have been for a long time. While virtually nobody with power has paid attention to them for decades, and their screams of pain that typically subside into the silence of zombie life online or self-destruction with both legal and illegal drugs, boys are given ADHD meds. They're the ones that are fastest to drop out of school. A bureaucratized workplace is an anti-man workplace, as it is men who are the quickest to see how stupid and wasteful and demeaning those jobs are and how they accomplish absolutely nothing but micromanaging other people's choices. Yeah, we have a messaging problem with big advertisers, car companies, encouraging young people to make themselves deeply unhappy by glorifying lifelong loneliness. You see it in car ads all the time. We have young women foolishly rejecting both motherhood and marriage because that's what they're told to do by our toxic cultural arbitrators. And they don't understand how to encourage men to man up. Yeah, we have wife-cucked fathers engendering weak sons and mass and boomer-controlled institutions tone policing everyone by setting female-dominated behavior as the baseline for being considered a decent human being. But we also have a government putting its big fat thumb on the scale against marriage by structurally preferencing work that women tend to do and structurally disadvantaging work that men tend to do. And nobody ever talks about that. Unfair government preferences for work that's easier for women to do, embarrassing for many men to do because of its obvious wastefulness, reduces men's ability to earn a family wage and therefore attract a wife. Abolish those jobs. Get rid of those bloated government unnecessary positions that do nothing. That would take long and hard political slogging. But given our family formation crisis, it would be certainly worth it to the nation to consider to eliminate these jobs from our government. It is, in fact, absolutely mandatory to reverse our national decline. Or we will become China. We will become Vietnam. We will become Venezuela. We'll become Russia. National decline starts in the home. And American homes, at this point, they barely even exist. Some radio shows are so hot, they'll literally burn your eyes. Unfortunately, this isn't one of those shows. I feel like i never listening to y'all again. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. We're back? Oh, we're back. A, hey, uh... A court tossed out President Biden's student loan debt plan. This affects college graduates across America, including that one college graduate in West Virginia. Kidding? I'm kidding. Oh, he's he's picking on West Virginia. All right, I'm not picking on West Virginia. All jokes aside, you don't have to go to college. You've heard me talk about this before. The richest person I know did not go to college, and he's got a private jet. And all he did was win the Super Bowl six times. I'm kidding. That's not what he did. That's not what he did. No. All he did was figure out a great business model. Nobody will ever get rich working for somebody else, right? You might make a lot of money, but you're not going to get rich if you spend your life working for somebody else. You got to take chances. You got to go out on your own. Be an independent. Go your own way, man. I think somebody once wrote a song about that. Hall and Oats, right? You can go your own way. Pretty sure they wrote that song. You could go your own way. We are Hall and Oats. Oh, what? That's not how it goes? Okay, fine. Uh, hey, if you didn't catch it, speaking of go your own way, Dave Chappelle, hated as much by people on the left as he is on the right, hosted Saturday Night Live over the weekend, and it was pretty brilliant. A lot of people in the media are playing the soundbite of him explaining the Kanye controversy or talking about Jews in the media. I think that his explanation of why Trump is so popular was a lot more interesting.
1: And I'm watching the news now. They're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites. <laughs> a lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. He's very loved. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, No, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. (laughs) It's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? Remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. (laughs) And then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a line of cocaine up and did it right into the podium. <laughs> no one ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back, that makes me smart. <laughs> and then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't. Because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends, a star was born. No one had ever seen anything like that. No one had ever seen somebody come from inside of that house, outside and tell all the commoners, we are doing everything that you think we are doing, inside of that house. They just went right back in the house and started playing the game again. Is this a spoiled, pampered, narcissistic Hollywood brat or what?
0: Black Panther broke every record for the month of November this weekend. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever made a ton of money, which just goes to show you that that Black people can achieve a lot when they work with the Jews. Am I right? Oh, that's not funny to you? Uh, Okay, just just testing the room. I'm kidding, of course. Madonna posted a video where she drinks from a dog bowl. Do you know the diseases you could catch from that thing? God, I feel terrible for that dog bowl. I hope it's okay. Very scary stuff. Be be careful. Somebody protect that dog bowl. Has the dog bowl been tested? I would. I would get get right out and test that dog bowl as soon as I could. In other news today, Paramount Plus has a TV show called The Good Fight. They launched a storyline where a gay man accuses Florida governor... Ron DeSantis of sexually assaulting him. I didn't watch this. There's a report today at Breitbart.com, and here's what I learned. Later in the show, he admits to lying about the encounter, but even still, that's a TV show? Let the smears begin. In the final episode of The Good Fight on Paramount Plus, uh, some guy says Ron DeSantis raped him. And that's, that's what the show is, is? my vetting? Yes.
1: I have 267 days sodomy-free. Can we get to the assault? Yes. I offered my political services to Governor DeSantis. He saw me in my bicycle shorts, worn purely
0: for medical reasons. This gets dirty. I'm not going to play the rest of it for you, but uh, you get the idea. The finale of the courtroom drama's sixth and final season premiered Thursday with an episode titled The End of Everything. And in a clip widely shared online, the episode features the main character, Diane Lockhart, Meeting with Felix Staples, uh, the way that it's explained here in this Breitbart article, he's a flamboyant gay provocateur who made appearances in earlier seasons of the long-running show. And in a conference room surrounded by lawyers, he claims he was sexually assaulted after Ron DeSantis forced him to perform following a CPAC conference while interning at his office diane the character immediately uh, dismisses the accusation as political bs even though staples claimed to have dna proof the dna proof is a stained florida is for lovers t-shirt now regardless of how the storyline was resolved this show which i'd never heard of until i heard about this story it's a t- it's an attack on republicans republicans raped a guy whatever as you can see the now canceled good fight is not portraying democrats in a bad way you would think that after the cascade of reprehensible lies, Democrats and the media poured down on the Supreme Court during the hearings with Brett Kavanaugh, that would be a storyline storytellers would not want to tell. But they did. I wonder why it lasted only six seasons in a TV world where nothing ever gets canceled. But don't worry, the same people capable of doing something like that or killing babies would never, ever, ever cheat in an election. And that's the main thing you should take from all of this news. Hey, who wants some good news before I go? A social media video went viral that depicts an elderly Walmart employee still working so she can pay off her mortgage. Millions of people viewed this video and donated $180,000 to the woman, her name is Nola, to help get her closer to being able to retire. Here is Devin Banugara, the man who posted the video surprising Nola with the news that he has helped raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for her to pay off her mortgage. Now at the time of the video, it was $110,000. Apparently they have even more now. A lot of supporters that started following me wanted to try and help you retire. They saw that you're a very hard worker, obviously, and we are all super proud of you, and we wanted to offer you $110,000 that has been raised for you, if you're willing to accept.
1: I'd accept it, but uh, I'd still have to work till I get the other 60000 paid um, off the house. It won't take long now with all that It won't that
0: take money. long now. Could you imagine? God bless this woman. How... I mean, boy, there's got to be a story behind this. How did this woman get so deeply in debt so late in her life that she owes all that money on her mortgage and has to work at Walmart? I don't know. The good news is people helped her pay it off, so it's a very sweet thing. It's nice to know that at the end of the day, there are generous people out there offering a helping hand. I'm Kenny Webster. Be the positive change that you hope to see in the world. I know that's one of those silly, cliche things you hear people say and you don't think much about it, but... Do it anyway. Ooh, ah, ooh. Ooh, <seafood> you are ooh, ah,
1: listening to the pursuit of happiness radio. Ooh, Tell the government
0: ooh, ah, to kiss your ass, ooh, ass ooh, when you listen to the show. Ooh, ah,